to the Unlikable Female Characters podcast, the podcast featuring female thriller writers in conversation about female characters who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Wendy Hurd, and I'm standing in the lobby of the Mayfair Hotel in historic downtown Los Angeles. This is my hometown, and I'm here to interview Amina Akhtar about her book, Hashtag Fashion Victim. Amina Akhtar, welcome to Unlikable Female Characters Podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I feel like that was my most NPR. It was very NPR. <laughs> I feel like like one of the char- the actors or whatever they're called, the broadcasters, should be here. Welcome. We need the music. I ask- All things considered. <laughs> I really feel like that right now. <laughs> I feel like, oh, okay. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. What is exciting is that I'm actually sitting right next to you yes. in Los Angeles. You're here in my hometown. I am. And you're here for your book event. I have a book signing. I'm very excited about it. That's happening tomorrow night. It will be in the rearview mirror by the time this airs. Yes, I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> so that's exciting. Yeah. I find it's really fun to do those. It's, it's nerve-wracking and terrifying and also really fun. I've only done one. I think they get easier. I hope to God. I, I, people have said that. I don't know if they're just saying it. But. Did you notice that afterward people, people posted really unflattering pictures of me on the internet for like a couple weeks? I have never seen an unflattering photo of you, so I don't know what you're talking I'm about. I'm like snarling with my mouth half open, like in the middle of a sentence, and then my friend from work is like, look at Wendy go. <laughs> <laughs> I like the ones that give me the, these really wide angles, and it's yes. like, oh, yes, thank you. Where my yeah. arm is like pressed against my body, and it's like a foot wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get I'm those like, too. thank you. Yeah. 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 People, as you will learn from my book, angles are everything. Angles are everything. Yeah. Um, so... Amina has a very interesting book. It's called Hashtag Fashion Victim, and it is about um, a young woman named Anya who goes full murder spree on the New York fashion scene. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's a good one-liner? I'd say that that sums it up, yes. The one line on the front of the cover says, bitches get stitches. Because they do. That's right. Yes. So I'm sort of fascinated with your journey to writing this book because you are from the fashion scene. I am. I I mean, you wouldn't know it by me today, but I've worked in fashion since 1999 mm-hmm. um, until about 2016. Did you work in fashion during the Britney Spears JT leather, or sorry, yeah, denim so. ensemble? I, yeah, and I once ran, I think it was kind of the same era, turned a corner in a hallway at Vogue magazine mm-hmm. and almost collided into Diddy with J-Lo when they were wow. dating. He's not much taller than me, and I'm five foot one, by the way. Yikes. And I was just like, oh, my God, stars. <laughs> See, I, I grew up in L.A., mm-hmm. so I kind of hate celebrities. I feel like New Yorkers, we try to be very cool about them. Mm-hmm. But everyone kind of has that thing where they're like, oh, my God. See, I feel like celebrities are the people who scream at you because you work at mm. Starbucks and their latte is not Some. hot enough. Like, I've interviewed J-Lo in person, and mm-hmm. she was, first of all, stunning in mm-hmm. person. Second, um, really pleasant. Like, a really nice person. See, some of them are, and some of them are not. And the only way to find out truly is to serve them something in a restaurant. And I feel like that's the same with editors. Some of us yes. were nice. Some of us weren't. Some of us were both. You know, I 
Do we have two seconds? I want to tell you my favorite celebrity story, yes. which is that one time Mel Gibson screamed at me in a restaurant because I was hostessing, oh and God. he wanted to put his chair up to the end of a table, but he was in the aisle, and the fire department was like, hell no. So I told him, you can't put your chair in the aisle. And he screamed. He said it. Don't you know who I am? And I was like 19, so I was like, um, are you friends with my dad? <laughs> I just did it to fuck with him. Oh, my God. And he got so mad, he turned like purple. Can I tell you mine? Mm-hmm. I was actually at Babo's in New York, not to name that, but just to set it. Yeah. Having um, an interview for Harper's Bazaar at the time. They wanted okay. to poach me. And... As I'm talking to this guy, the managing editor, I looked at him and I said, listen, I don't mean to be distracted, but is that Jason Schwartzman? And is he, like, staring at me mm-hmm. so intensely? And he, and so, you know, my companion turned he was like, yeah, this is really weird. Why is he fixated on you? And I was like, do I go talk to him and subsequently marry him? Sure, or do choice. I finish my interview? Uh-huh. I chose to finish the interview, obviously, and that was probably a bad decision. But whatever. Hi, Jason, if you're listening. Hi. But you, so that's it? That's the whole story? Yeah, he just kept never... staring. And, but it was so uncomfortable. Like, a, like there, it was not a crowded room, and it was at the bar area, and it was just like, what do I do? What? See, my celebrity instincts caused me to think he was on drugs. Or he had just finished filming Darjeeling Limited, mm. so I think he might have, as I call it, had curry fever. Mm. Mm. We know what that is. I've met some bands, and they're lovely, like Jane's Addiction and The Corn. That's a yeah. story I'll tell you about sure. later. Lovely. They're all very, they were very mm. lovely. I've had some, like, I think it just depends on the circumstances. Everyone has a bad day. Sure. Some people can be jerks. Sometimes I'm a jerk you sometimes. park your Ferrari in front of the coffee sure. bean and leave your butterfly doors up in the red zone and then come inside and scream yes. at everybody because you don't believe your latte is made out of soy, even yeah. though it is made out of soy. Mel. <laughs> That was actually Eddie Murphy. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. So so I think you understand why I love this book so much. Yes. Because she does what I always wished to do, which is to go into that world with a flamethrower and just murder bitches. I like to say she's a walking intrusive thought. Mm. So it's all those things when someone's doing and you're just, it's popping into your head, but you would never act on it. And Anya will act on it. There's a few layers to this book. One of the things I loved about this book was that one of the layers is a, it's like really social commentary, right? And right. I had to think as I was reading it, some of this has to come from life. These moments yes. that Anya has. <laughs> you know, Anya's not a size zero. No, she's a, she's a giant size six, you guys. How dare she? Oh my she? gosh. You know? Oh my God. And the way they treat her about it, it reminded me so much of Los Angeles. Like... I've had a lot of people ask me about this. About there's a lot of sizeism in this book, mm-hmm. and um, one of the things that happens is that her Anya's boss makes her do planks, and of course I've never had to do planks, but I've had bosses put me on numerous diets. I've had um, my stomach poked. I've had like my boobs grabbed because I'm not a size six. I wish I were. I'm at least an eight ten on a good day, probably more. And I used to wear two pairs of Spanx to work every single day. That seems tight. Yeah, so uncomfortable. It seems oh my uncomfortable. God. So uncomfortable. And then whatever you're eating, it gets looked at. You know, people oh, look yeah. at you. Like, and I had a boss who would not let us eat in front of her. So we would have uh, lunch meetings, and everyone's eating, and I'm just sitting there with my water because I was not allowed. See, and that kind of behavior. I think people who haven't experienced 
fashion culture, mm-hmm. celebrity culture. That might seem crazy, yeah. like completely implausible. I used to tell my mother about it, and she was like, that's not real. It is <laughs> like, real. It's I so can, real. I'm tell, I'm, I feel like I want to second everything you're saying. Just mm-hmm. growing up in L.A., the yeah. way people will ask you about what you're eating, yeah. ask you about your size. And I think, look, whatever size you are, whether it's yeah. zero or, you know, 28, whatever, good for you. Be your size. But... When you're, what people don't realize is that when you're working at the magazines and the websites, you have to play the part. Yeah. So it's not just writing the articles. It's not just doing the styling of the shoots. You have to dress it. And that can be really, really stressful. Like, it's one of the main stresses in my life, which sounds crazy, but what I would wear to work, it was like, oh my God, it drove me up the wall. I had so much anxiety about it. I don't think that's crazy at all. Having grown up here, I think that's, I completely understand that. Um, And I I noticed that um, in that, I felt like there was just a lot of examination of anybody who wasn't a certain archetype. Yes. So there are certain magazines that are the pillars of the fashion community. We know what they are. And you have to be that type, which is, you know, very tall, willowy blonde, preferably with a trust fund, probably an heiress to something, Mm -hmm. and who could wear any clothes from designers. Um, I was not that in any shape, fashion, or form. And I think being an outsider in that sense is really what gave birth to Anya. Because she, no matter how hard she works, she's always going to be an outsider. I really love characters like that. I tend to write that I think, you know, it's just one of those things. I really am attracted to that trope of, like, the outsider characters. I found that really interesting. Don't worry, Anya would never kill you. Mm-mm. Anya, I would love her. <laughs> Anya would also be mad about the butterfly doors in the in the fire zone. And the butterfly in my bathroom. I know. I'm in a hotel room, guys, and the, the bathroom doors are weird. It's an L.A. thing. We yeah. can't just let it be a door. No. It has to be like a sliding barn door okay. from 1700. We took it off of a it has barn to from... be a concept. Right. Yes. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. I liked Anya. Do you think she's unlikable? Is she an unlikable female character? I love Anya. Like, Anya makes so much sense to me, but I think most people think she is considered an unrelatable, unlikable, unlikable character. Was it hard to sell her? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's an honest question though, because you hear about this as sort of like the publishing myth is that it's hard to publish unlikable women. I think there were a couple of things against me. I think that she's very unlikable and she's unapologetic about it Mm -hmm. and she's killing people. And you know, the, the types of characters who get away with that are uh, straight white men. You know, we're talking about American psycho and Dexter, right? Um, and then also, you know, you have a brown woman writing this book. Mm-hmm. And I think that was also something that gave people a little bit of pause. Um, so it was definitely a journey to publish this book. Interesting. But you were picked up by book club? I was. Yeah. I sold Crooked Lane and I was book of the month. And this has been optioned, but the pilot's on hold right now. Yeah. I mean... There wasn't, it wasn't just that this book was, had a main character, Anya, who was unsympathetic, unlikable. It was also that all of the women in this book were kind of unsympathetic and unlikable. Everyone is awful. Like, I wanted it to be like, okay, she's awful, but you understand 
why she wants to kill these people mm-hmm. because everybody is awful and there's just not a redeeming character really in the whole thing. Maybe one side character. So there are these characters in this book that Anya considers, she calls them the Lauren bots. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about the Lauren bots. The Lauren bots are the PR girls. You know, the girls with the clipboard um, who are holding up the line and they're all blonde and from Long Island. And they all have David Yerman jewelry bracelets on, and they got their French manis. And they're like a dime a dozen in the PR world. You know, like a new one springs up when one goes away. I think the LA version is the club promoter girl. Probably. She's Probably. from the Valley, which is where I'm from. Okay. And she's really beautiful, but, you know, her parents have like a house in some valley yeah. that she still lives at. Yeah. Yeah. And then she does club promoting. And then... While you've been dragged to this club, she's there at the door and she looks at you and she's like, did you know you were going out tonight? Like, or, sweetie. Sweetie. And they think they're your best friends. They act like it just so you'll write about their people. And Look, I, I have to say I've met some wonderful PR people and I've met some awful PR people. And so the Lauren bots are the awful ones. I love the Lauren bots. Um, one thing that Lane and Kristen and I loved was learning how many calories murder burns. <laughs> We were like the Fitbit. <laughs> I okay, so I tried to research that, and like mm-hmm. I'll be honest, there's not a lot online about how much, how many steps and calories lugging a body is. I know right? it's a lot, though. It's it's, it's quite. A lot. So yeah. I would just try to say, okay, she did three hours of work, and it was heavy lifting. Let's try to you know guesstimate um, a calorie count for that. I mean, that's at least a cup of rice. <sighs> That's Maybe. at least a bagel. Are you kidding? I know. Bonnies are heavy. They are. I wrote about that in Hunting Annabelle. Yeah. I, I feel like we don't talk about this enough. It's really hard to get rid of a body, you guys. That's why if you're going to murder someone, do it on a pig farm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, or um, so or in the desert. <laughs> yes, or the desert. Or I was thinking International Waters cruise ship situation. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Weight yeah. them. Weight them down. Throw them in the water. Yeah, because... Maybe chum the water first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People ask, do you know that you get people, people ask me this all the time. They're like, so if I wanted to commit a murder, what's the best way to do it? And I don't know what they're expecting, but I'm like, actually, let's talk. Yeah. Let's well, talk. Well, I usually just give them the research. pig farm answer. Because the pig farm. The pigs will eat it. Um, my sister was just kind of like, after she read it, she's like, I wonder if I can let you babysit. <laughs> I was like... I'm not going to kill the kids. I mean, come on. But yeah. You're like, did she ask me what I'm eating? Then she's fine. Are they poking my stomach and making me plank? Okay, then we're fine. We're fine. I, um, I think that I, I worried about myself reading your book because there wasn't a single moment where I was like in conflict at all. I was just like, yeah, yeah get rid of that Lauren bot. Like, I was oh just God, like, yeah. annoying. Kill that one. Yeah. And then... You know, one of these ladies would pop up next to her, and I'd be like, well, that one's got to go. Come mm-hmm. on, Anya, get on it. Yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of the whole thing where I wanted, I just wanted her to make sense to other people. Because, like, and I know it sounds crazy, but Anya, to me, it's like, it's a character I can write and write and write and spit out another book because she's amazing. And, and sh- everything about her, I understand. You know, I think a lot of us, in wherever we work, it doesn't have to be fashion, it can be anywhere, have felt being an, out, an outsider, mm-hmm. have felt that need where we're not good enough no matter what we're doing and no matter how hard we're working, and that frustration. And I think women especially can feel that, you know. And that's kind of what I wanted her to embody. 
The thing I found interesting is that, you know, she didn't have a lot of vulnerability. She was mm-hmm. just like, I'm handling this as it needs to be handled. Do you know what I mean? There was like yeah. a sort of utilitarian... She, I think there was some where she doesn't feel good enough. Mm-hmm. And like she goes on these crazy rants about it and how she has to be like Sarah. And Those are her moments of vulnerability. That's as vulnerable as she's going to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really it. And maybe I, that's more about me than her, but yeah. She also struggled with mental illness. Yeah. How was that research as far as the mental illness? Um, well, my dad's a shrink, and I have... It, I, he used to shrink me as a kid. It's <laughs> no, no way. A lot of the stuff with, with Anya and her shrink are me and my dad. Well, he, like, practiced on you? Because he was in med school. <laughs> he, no, he was when he was actually a shrink. And so it was, it was really funny. And I have this fascination with... Both horror and psychiatry now. I do too. Because I, my dad had me watching The Exorcist at four. He's a really funny guy. Wait. You know, I just need to share that he's a lovely, funny man. But so I grew up watching these insane horror movies and also having psychiatry around, you know? So to me, it's like, it's just a natural fusion. To, home to sweet it. home. Yeah. And also, like, who among us does not have a mental illness at this point in 2019? I mean, come on. It's so interesting to hear you say that because there is a very paternal relationship that she mm-hmm. has with her psychiatrist. And my dad read this and I don't think he picked up on it. Yeah. <laughs> because he, he's forgotten all of this, by the way. So he's forgotten when he tried to shrink me and I was like, this is war now. <laughs> like, game on, father. You're I like, literally would sit there for an hour and not even sneeze. I would make no sound. Really? I, it was like, I will break you. And it was this teenage Amina being crazy. She was a lot like Anya. I have to say, I'm, I'm so interested in that, and <laughs> I have so many follow-up questions, not for this podcast. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I had a stepdad who used to drug test me obsessively. Oh, that's he weird. was positive that I was doing drugs, and I wasn't, but he just made me pee in cup after cup after cup, and he was a drug, um, psych- like a drug therapist oh, for God. teenagers. Like, he worked in a rehab. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, think that, I just think that father, first of all, remember that cartoon Dr. Katz? No. Okay, so it was on Comedy Central, and it was, you know, Dr. Katz is a shrink, and he has these really messed up kids, and the joke is always, shrink's kids are always crazy. Okay, yeah. There's always something wrong with them. And, yeah, there was. (laughs) And looking back, I kind of marvel at my old self, because, God, she had some stones on her. And did you go to college and then continue on to fashion right away? I, yeah, I went to NYU. I I decided I was going to be a journalist. Mm -hmm. And I went to the New York Times building on a tour, the old, old building. Okay. And every five feet was a giant clock. And I had an anxiety attack. Hmm. The idea of working where it was like deadline, deadline, deadline. I was like, maybe I should go into magazines. Interesting. And so I interned at some indie mag for a while and then... I was kind of one of those in the right place at the right time moments. Mm. I got in at Vogue um, as a fact checker, and then the next month I needed an assistant for the managing editor. And guys, I think I want you to understand that it was 1999. I had never worn a pair of heels. No. I wore combat boots. I had most of my head shaved, and the top was spiked. And really? That is how I no. worked at Vogue serious? magazine. Yes, ma'am. Wait. The 90s were wild. I, I mean, I was there, but wild. I don't think that anyone would see me and be like, no uh-huh. way, I don't I'll believe it, Wendy, you. that you wore Dr. Martens. Like, you look at me mm-hmm. and you're like, you have not changed. But for you, 
Vogue and Condé Nast were my finishing school. Wow. Yeah. They taught me how to do wear heels and then some. You were a child. I was a baby. So they almost like raised you. Yeah. In this twisted it fashion was way. So twisted. This is all making so much more sense now. <laughs> this, is all, this is all really helping me understand. It, it was. I feel like you know, fashion was a huge, amazing part of my life. But then there was that kernel of me that was Anya that was growing and growing and growing as the years went on. So, you're. Are you going to write? again about fashion are you writing something else again what are you writing uh, now not right now I think if there is a demand for more fashion like I don't want to necessarily be the girl who writes all the fashion books mm-hmm. and I don't know what more you, there is to write about it yeah um what I'm writing about now is a book about wellness and the extremes that some people will go to and um it's set in the desert in my my current desert hideout and that's kind of what I'm going to say about it. It's going to be a lot of bloody. Lots of blood. I just feel like people need to hear about Brittany. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I hope she's not listening to this. So, I live... Um, Don't worry, there's like four people listening. Okay. So, you four people listen. I live out in the desert in Arizona near uh, a very energy, well-being town. And you can figure that one out. And I met the shaman who came over to my house... Which is fine. I mean, it's, there's a lot of healers around. And she's blonde, and her name was Brittany. And she was just going on about vaccines and how, you know, a certain president made, made the chemtrails go away. And look, I am really into, you know, I'm into tarot cards. I'm into meditation. I get it. But there's a limit for me, and that's the chemtrails and the I vaccines. Just, I feel like I am allowed... I am a white lady, mm-hmm. and I am allowed to roast a shaman named Brittany. Mm-hmm. So I, it is in my it's within my. Rights. I have a character in the new book called Brittany, who is a shaman. I mean, you have to. Yeah, I, it was just one of those things where, like, my life right now is so absurd because I left <laughs> New York, and I literally live with my eighty-five-year-old father, mm-hmm. and we're like the odd couple, mm-hmm. and it's just the funniest thing in the world. I. I, I I am so delighted by everything you have said to me today. <laughs> I grew up, my mom is really new age, mm-hmm. and she has all these weird hippie friends. Mm-hmm. And, like, not too long ago, my mom made me stand on a small rock mm-hmm. to find the chakra in my foot. Oh, okay. And I was, like, standing on this rock, and I was just like, Mom... And as I'm standing on the rock, she's like, I forget, what's your, like, moon rising? How did she not know that? And I was like, Mom, I don't know, you tell me. You should know what my moon rising is. She's like, no, I know your sun sign, and I feel like I can't. What is your sun sign? Leo. Leo! Really? And my rising too, Leo, Leo. Really? I love Leos. My dad is really into past life regression right now, and he tried to hypnotize me. And it wouldn't work because I just kept laughing. I was like, I was like, Dad, I, I can't let you hypnotize me. You're my father. Like, this is really, weird for no. me. Yeah, it's a boundary. Yeah. Well, we obviously have boundary issues. <laughs> you know, my family. I, really, I went through a, a past life phase. He's due really to my life. stepfather with the drug testing. Mm-hmm. He was also a psychic. Yeah. And so he then was he should have known you weren't on drugs. A past life regressor person. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he got us all really into figuring out what our past lives were. And. I was told by my astrology friends, the Astro Twins, who are lovely, sure. that in one of my past lives, I uh, was male, which makes sense. I'm, I'm very, I'm not a girly girl as, yeah. I, as I would like to be, and that I uh, murdered 
uh, my love. Oh. And if you go uh, look at my love life, that totally makes sense, man. <laughs> Are you saying that you have murdered more I think I, I think apparently I have to make amends. Hmm. I've got to pay for some past life stuff. I had a past life experience where I was trying to do a regression, mm-hmm. but I think instead we accidentally invited like a haunting oh, because then from then on the apartment was like super haunted. Well, I can tell you about the story of my apartment that had um, something really, really dark and bad in it, but really? that will have to be another conversation. Okay. That once we're stopped recording. Interesting. Yes. I feel in a strange way that we have so many similar experiences. And it's like, I'm in, like, low-income Los Angeles. And you're, like, all the way across the country. Yeah, New York. It's not that different. It isn't. I think people always say that New York and L.A. are so different. I think their vibe is different. But I think a lot of what we go through. Like, I was talking with friends last night who are in the entertainment industry. And, like, just how people behave. Yeah. The competitiveness that can happen um, between gay men and each other and women and each other. Mm -hmm. And how much backbiting there can be, mm-hmm. I think that is almost a universal experience. Which is funny because I feel like on on this podcast, it's like we're delving into unlikable women, mm-hmm. but really the point is to support women, yeah. and that's a very likable thing, yeah. but it's almost like empowering women to be unlikable, yeah. like go ahead, be unlikable. Well, because we're it's shoved down our throats how much how likable we must be to get ahead and to, to get married and to get that job and to get that promotion. You have to be a happy, smiley person. And I've been told I'm a loose cannon more times than I can even count at this point. I think when I think of unlikability, it's like, is it unlikable or is it just that you're not dumbing it down? You're not be making it smaller and quieter and more palatable uh-huh. to... You know what I mean? Like, I think the answer to that is who, uh, is who your audience is. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about straight men who don't like women who speak their minds, then sure, you're unlikable. But if you're talking to us, when, you know, that's the lives we've, we've lived, I could tell you, it's not so bad to, to say what's on your mind or, you know, to speak up. On that note, do you have a favorite unlikable female character in I- book or film? Oh, in film. Well, I just... <laughs> so I live somewhere where you can't stream. So mm-hmm. I can't stream Netflix. Right. I literally do the um, Netflix DVDs. And yes, they still do that for people like me. Do they really? Yes, they do. I didn't know so that. So I finally watched Killing Eve. Like, literally, like, a week ago. Uh, I'm so behind. I know. Like, I just got the Stranger Things Season 2 disc. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited, you know? Um, I loved Killing Eve. I, I thought villain... Villena, Villa, whatever her name mm-hmm. is. She's fabulous. Like, she she made me laugh so hard. I'm obsessed. I have such a crush on her. Like, when she lifted up the hand, I went, bye-bye. Oh, my God. I was laughing so hard. So she's amazing. She um, is awesome. And I know. I'm really, really behind, guys. I know. I'm sorry. Um, I'm right now reading My Sister, the Serial Killer. And That's supposed to be wonderful. It, guys, it's phenomenal. Like, pick up this book. It's really about, you know, one sister... And I'm, I, I hope I don't butcher the names Karede and her sister Ayula. And without giving, it's not no spoilers. Ayula is a has a tendency to kill her boyfriends, and it's like how her sister is dealing with that and cleaning up the mess. And I think if you have a sister mm-hmm. and you remember that rivalry of like one was perfect and like you know the favorite, yeah. and the other one feels like they're Cinderella doing all the work, then this is just it's going to speak to you. 
Wow. That book looked amazing. And it, I think so it has good. one of the coolest covers. Oh, my God. It's so good. I had it on the plane, and I, I saw the flight attendant eyeing it, and I was like, yeah, it's a good book. And, of course, I really liked Annabelle in somebody's book, Hunting Annabelle. I always expect to hear more about the mom. Everyone's always fine with I expect people to say things about that mom because she's such a bad mom in so many ways. Is it weird because I'm, I'm you know, South Asian, so I understand the par the parenting of trying to get your kid to do to fit into the mold, and then mm -hmm. when they don't, the parents are kind of like, oh, God. So I think that kind of made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, not that I, you know, murdered anyone as a child <laughs> and was locked away or anything, but I definitely was, like, one of, was not like the others, you know? Yeah. And my parents... God bless them. We're like, uh, what do we do? What? <laughs> Why is she shaving her head? What Why did you shave your head? Oh. Well, when it was the 90s and the, the um, cranberries were mm. everywhere. And I really liked the idea of, you know, Jolie Led, which is pretty ugly. Mm -hmm. And I also, there, there, there's, there's a few layers. So there's that. There was also my, I grew up in a very conservative household. Very strict. I wasn't allowed to date. I was only allowed to go to work and go to school, and then I wasn't allowed out. And my parents at the time were very Muslim, and here I was, just being like, why can't I go out? Mm -hmm. Well, my brother can. Well, he's a boy. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. So if a boy can go out, well, I'm just going to shave my head, because then I can look like a boy. <laughs> and so I did on my father's birthday. And I brought a friend home with me because I was like, this is going to get dark and my mother literally yanked on my hair or what was left of it like being like this is a wig and I was like no this is what I just did but my parents got their because how amazing my my mom ended up shaving it for me as the months went on wow. and bleaching it out for me wow. so I could dye it red she got into it she loved it because you know she never got to have short hair it's a very Pakistani thing you have to have long hair mm -hmm. and so she loved the idea that I was, like, throwing tradition out the window. And I think she secretly liked to live out through me, you know, and I'm, like, in New York and doing these things and just not caring, and she never got to do any of that. Interesting. And your dad? Uh, he thinks I'm funny. <laughs> in his mind, he categorized you. She's the funny one. He was just kind of like, are you really crazy after reading Fashion Victim? And I was like, I don't think so. I mean, look, maybe I am. I don't know. I, I don't think I am. But I think he saw me in a new light. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's good or bad. You know, I think when... And I think a lot of people are doing, doing this right now, having to live with elderly parents. Yeah. It's a challenge. But I also feel like we're a walking sitcom right now. Like... The man had to teach me to drive again. <laughs> you know? really? Oh, because of New York. Because I lived in New York for so long. So there I am at like 39, 40, like my dad screaming at me. <laughs> and I'm trying to drive. And you're in like the back roads. I'm on the back roads. And I'm just like, oh my. And there's literally no driving school around. And oh, wow. I'm just surprised we made it through that. It was a, That was a rough moment. <laughs> I, are you... Um, is he supportive of you continuing to write? Oh, yeah. Fiction? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. He, he was just like, this is what you have to do. He's like, it was... My sister pulled me aside. I went to go see her, and she was like, it was so funny because Dad called me up, and he's like, it's really good. See? Like, everyone was surprised. I was like, 
I don't know. I guess thanks. I don't know. <laughs> You're like thanks question mark. Yeah, thanks for thanks for believing in me. I guess. But it. you've been writing forever. You've been writing. Yeah, just, but but I guess there was something different about fiction. There was something different. I, in my head, the fiction writers were the ones who took creative writing courses, yeah. and they went to Iowa and the workshops, mm. and they were white because. For me, when you have, and I think a lot of immigrant families understand this, you're not necessarily going to go into a creative field because you have to make a living. Yeah. It's pushing. You must make a living. Do a field that will support you. So I went into journalism, and that was the way I could do it. I never thought I was going to be able to write a book. It just never dawned on me that, hey, let's do that. Yeah. Until I got to the point in my career where, you know, I was layoff after layoff. My mom passed away. I wasn't leaving my house. Which is me and the dog, <laughs> like a very messy apartment. And I'd had the idea about the Anya book for about 10 years, and I hadn't done anything with mm-hmm. it. Oh, I'd say eight years. And so I thought, you know what? Let's, let's do it. What else am I gonna do with myself? Like, and it what was, do I have to lose? Yeah. Right? And yeah. it was a way for me to one, work through my grief, but also gave me a purpose again. And that's really what I was looking for. For me, it gave me like a life raft to hold yeah. on to because my career was, was, flailing you know I think that when a lot of us got into fashion we thought we were going to have these long careers but the fact is a lot of people um on the PR side tend to go into real estate at some point Mm -hmm. the on the editorial side they marry what rich Mm -hmm. and that's the only way to go forward when you hit your late 30s early 40s why should these publications keep you on when they can get somebody who's 20 and has a quarter of your salary. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's happening. You'll see it a lot. And there's a, there were a lot of jobs in the 2000s, you know, like 2008, 2009, that was like a, a real moment. And a lot of those places are gone. Or they've laid off so many people. So the competition has gotten worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And it's a, one of those things for women, like one of the, the worst things we're allowed to do is to get older. How dare we get into our 40s guys and it's like i don't know what you want me to do about this i know my favorite thing when i talk to someone and they're like you're 41 and i'm like yeah like you don't look old <laughs> thanks guys thank you i think 40 is kind of awesome thank you question mark yeah again thank you question mark <laughs> all right well we want to see more books from you so we can read them and devour them like i'm working on it one. i swear <laughs> where is it i know i've actually spent way too long on this next book it just some ideas come to you, as you know, like they'll just yep. come to you and you, you, it's almost like you wake up from a dream and you know exactly what it is. And this one is, it was more of a challenge because I was, I had to write, I think I've written probably 200 or 300,000 words for it. Yeah. Trying to figure out the characters and the plot line. Yeah. And it's gone in so many directions and now I finally, I'm like, I get it. I know what it is. So I'm just kind of doing my revisions and probably one more set of revisions before I send it to people. All right. Well, I can't wait to read it. It's got a lot of unlikability in it. I can't wait. All right. Well, on behalf of all of us, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, You're guys. awesome. And I can't wait to see you at your book event tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Los Angeles. Thank you. I love it here. Even with the rain. That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates, book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com, and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening.